Hi, everyone. This is Michael DeBar, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. All right, welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond, the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming away as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is episode 317 of On Screen and Beyond. And this week, our guest is Michael DeBar. He was in the rock group Power Station, remember them? And he was also on... WKRP, where he played the leader of the rock band Scum of the Earth, and Johnny Fever was scared to death of him. Remember that one? And he was also on the new WKRP in Cincinnati, where he played the morning DJ on that one for the whole series. And he was, of course, on MacGyver, where he played Murdoch, who was always out trying to kill MacGyver. And he has a new CD out called Hot and Sticky Live. Michael DeBar is coming up right here on On Screen and Beyond, so I hope you're going to stick around for that. And we got a full boat coming your way, so we're going to find out what's coming your way as far as Remake Madness next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, well, the remake of Friday the 13th that we've talked about is uh, originally was coming our way on March of 2015, but now it's been moved to November of 2015, and if you remember, that's the reboot of the reboot, Friday the 13th, and a remake of 1994's Cliffhanger, which starred Sylvester Stallone, is now in the works, and Roland Emmerich has been attached to direct a remake of a trilogy of Stargate films. That's right. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies? Upcoming new movies, it looks like a biopic of football great Joan Namath is in the works, and it's from the director of The Wolverine, James Mangold. Neil Patrick Harris is set to star in Gone Girl with Ben Affleck and Tyler Perry. It's about a man who is suspected of his wife's disappearance. Triple Nine will star Aaron Paul, Kate Winslet, Norman Reedus, and Woody Harrelson in a film about a bunch of corrupt police officers. That's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as sequels? Down at Sequel City right here on On Screen and Beyond. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sequel City. Well, a sequel of World War Z is moving along. World War Z 2 has a new director, J.A. Banyan, attached to it and a new scriptwriter who's going to be writing that. And Ice Age 5 is heading our way, tentatively set for July of 2016. And we can look forward to Despicable Me 3 
to come our way on June 30th of 2017. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen to Be On, we're going to let you know what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD. TV on DVD, well, it looks like on September 9th, 22 episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the complete first season, will come our way on Blu-ray and DVD. And Parks and Recreation Season 6 will arrive on August 19th in the three-disc set. And also on August 19th, The Millers, the first season with Will Arnett, comes to DVD in a three-disc set. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen to Be On, let's take a peek at what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD. Movies on DVD, July 22nd, Mila Kunis and Robin Williams star in The Angriest Man in Brooklyn on Blu-ray and DVD and Digital HD. August 19th, the terrifying thriller The Quiet Ones lands on Blu-ray, DVD, digital download, video on demand, and pay-per-view. And it stars Jared Harris. And on September 9th, Captain America, The Winter Soldier lands in stores. That's it for Movies on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and entertainment time right here on On Screen and Beyond. (laughs) TV and entertainment time. It looks like James Cameron is working on a Circus Soleil spectacle stage show for Avatar. And NBC has announced its fall lineup, including a comedy with Kate Walsh called Bad Judge and a DC comic adaptation of Constantine. And our thoughts go out to Ann B. Davis and her family, Schultze from Love That Bob, and also Alice on the Brady Bunch, the characters that she played. She passed away this past week at the age of 88. That's it for TV and entertainment time here on On Screen and Beyond. Next on On Screen and Beyond, Michael DeBar is going to be coming our way. He's done so much. He's a rock singer. He is a film star he is a tv star he was into sir with love way back then and he was in the group power station and he's in the detectives and all sorts of things and on tv we remember him for his portrayal of the leader of scum of the earth on wkrp he was also in wkrp the new wkrp in cincinnati when it started up and he was one of the djs on that show and he was of course murdoch on MacGyver, always trying to get MacGyver. And he's got a new CD out called Hot and Sticky Live. And Michael DeBar is coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, my guest is someone you may remember as an actor from his roles on MacGyver, WKRP in Cincinnati, the new WKRP in Cincinnati, Roseanne, NCIS, and many others. Or you may remember him as a member of the band Power Station or any of the other bands he's been in. His current album, Hot and Sticky Live, is now available. It's Michael DeBar. Michael, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you so much, Brian. It's delightful to be on screen at any time, and certainly on on the web. (laughs) I I love that you have an on-screen presence on the web, as do I. It's fabulous. I love the Internet. Love it. Yes, you do a show, too, don't you? Oh, yeah. 
I mean, it's the Wild West that you can be free, as you know. You know, you can ask whatever. That's why you have such a great list of people that you've spoken to, because I think people want to tell the truth. They don't want to go on these shows for four minutes and talk about how wonderful the cast was and what a family they were and you never speak to one another again. Right, <laughs> you know? yeah. The nonsense of uh, commercial television is and, and radio even um, is, is a farce. So it's a delight to be with you and your listeners and viewers. Yeah. Well, that's what we enjoy. We enjoy to hear the real stories as opposed to, you know, like you say, the four-minute clip or sound clip that they're trying to get. So, Yeah, it's uh, like bad sex. <laughs> Not that I know anything about that. Right. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Michael, you know, it's hard to figure you out because – are you an actor? Yeah, I've never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> but are you an actor or are you a musician? Or I know you're all of them, but I mean, you're just so talented. You have so many things going on. Well, you know, my aspiration is to be a male stripper at 60. Um, <laughs> I, you know, dude, I'm just a lucky bastard. You know, I'm lucky. I, got, I just worked hard. You know? I mean, I as a kid, I did that movie with Poitiers, you know, to serve love and I was 16, you know, and it's, I'm now 66. So, you know, I've had a lot of great opportunities and wonderful roles and incredible musicians and, and ups and downs. And, you know, it's not all been, you know, on the mountaintop Olympus looking down. It's been in hell looking up a lot of the time. But right. you've got to go through that stuff in order to appreciate the good stuff. And I know that's a cliche. It happens to be true. I'm living proof of that. You know, you can reinvent yourself when you feel that all is lost. And you must enjoy when all is won. And, and that's pretty much it. The rest of it is up to the universe and your own discipline and hard work. Yeah. Now, now, what did you intend to start out to be? Was it an actor or a musician? or, or... Laid. <laughs> Initially. This would be the attraction of being famous. Um, you know, I, at school, I, I, you know, I went to these boarding schools, so I was very academic upbringing. Uh, you know, so I was very into the academia, you know, history and history of the theater. And then once I heard Sonny Boy Williamson and Muddy Waters, my life kind of changed. Um, and I became very, very into music and the blues specifically, but I was an actor. So I left school at 16 and I went to drama school and then I wanted to act and I did act. You know, I did a lot of classic theater and, and you know, I just ended up in this movie at 16 to sell with love almost immediately. And that was amazing because I got to work with Sidney Poitier and this amazing cast and Poitier. This is in 66. We we did that movie in Pinewood at legendary studios in London, where I was born and raised. And, and to be in the presence of somebody like that and learn from somebody like that remains the most noble, charismatic man I ever knew. Oh, yeah. um, it was an incredible introduction to the ways of the theater. But So I had a great template to work from. But, you know, rock and roll reared its head very, very okay. soon, very quickly. And I ended up in this uh, nude musical called The Dirtiest Show in Town after <laughs> 1920. It was disgusting and filthy and furious and fun. And, uh, you know, and Andrew Lloyd Webber came to see it. I played a rock star and uh, he said, you should be one. And I wrote a couple of songs and you know, I formed Silverhead and we went to Japan and, you know, had screaming Japanese girls and came back to Cleveland with six people in the audience. You know, rock and roll. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, but I mean, so it's been a series of events. Yeah. And the, the idea is, is to take advantage of those events and the advantage is enjoying them. You know, yeah. you can't look at it as a step ladder to success. What it is, is a series of events 
that you must enjoy and, and just enjoy the process because the results of which are very nebulous. It's an abstraction, you know, how all of this will turn out. You don't know. Right, yeah. You, know, you make a movie, you think it's great, and you work with these wonderful people, and, oh, boy, you nailed it, and then you see it, and it's horrible. Or you make a movie or an album, and you think it's awful, and it's great. You know, it's very difficult to assess my own work, is what I'm trying to tell you and your listeners. It's yeah. very hard to be objective about yourself, but you must be, because that's half of it, is being able to step outside yourself, look at it, and yet remain in the moment. It's an oxymoron. You know, it's the strangest paradox. Right. Now, you mentioned Sir with Love. How did you get involved with that? Uh, was it an audition you went to? No, it was It was even more cosmic. It was like, I was at drama school. Remember, eight years in British boarding schools. That's cricket and Latin, okay? You know? <laughs> it doesn't sound fun. <laughs> wicked, wicked stuff. All in, like, gray flannel suit and a little blue hat. You know, horrible. But... So then I leave and I go to drama school with the prettiest girls in the 60s. You know, the, the Twiggy, Gene Shrimpton, these girls with the bangs and the beauty and the legs and the miniskirts and, you know, rock and roll, unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And we would started to learn how to become an actor or an actress. And, you know, we're doing fencing and we're doing ballet and we're learning, you know, all of this classical stuff. So three months into this, these Columbia executives arrive with the director, James Clavell, to cast this movie called Two Sail With Love, which was a, a movie about an African-American school teacher who comes to London, to t in the East End of London, to teach these juvenile delinquents about life. Classic film. And yeah. They, yeah, and they took half of my class of that year and put them in the movie. Wow. So it, it was something unpredictable and, and absolutely magic and a, an incredible way to start. Oh, yeah. And so that's how it went down. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing to put on your resume. That's for sure. <laughs> well, it's something that remains indelible because especially today with the technology available where To Sell With Love could have been released this morning. Because every generation, you know, does explore, as they do in rock and roll. You know, every 14-year-old kid needs a Zeppelin album. Uh, you know, everything is available now. So work, Citizen Kane, could have been made last week. You know, it still exists in this immortal, timeless place where we can all enjoy it forever. And To Sell With Love is one of those I'm long-windedly trying to explain that To Sell With Love is a timeless piece of work. Oh, yes. It was the best movie of the year in 67, and we were 16 years old. So you can imagine the whirlwind that that was in mm. London. Yeah. yeah. Well, while we're talking about acting, we might, we'll cover your acting part, and then we'll go into the music part sure. after. Um, sure. Now, you've done so many different things, TV shows and movies and things like that. Mm. Uh, but some of the memorable ones that I remember, of course, is MacGyver. You were on that quite yeah. a bit. Yes, I played Murdoch, the assassin, you know, for six years, and and it was an amazing uh, experience. You know, um, I did, I guess, two, three episodes, maybe a season, maybe less. Mm -hmm. But the character was an assassin. It was a master disguise, and it was an incredible experience because I got to play different characters, you know, with different makeup and different accents. But the essential quality of the guy was he wanted to kill MacGyver so bad. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what it was all about. And it was delightful. Fans took to it. I was booked for one gig, you know. Um, I came up that power station tour, and I auditioned for this at Paramount and uh, got it and stayed doing it for a while. The character's popular, and 
and I loved doing it. Um, mm. You know, but then again, I've done over a hundred hours of American television. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's so many different ones. You know, like I said, I was about to pick picking a few here just to talk about. And uh, yeah, sure. Melrose uh, w- Place was really fun. That was really good. WKP was really good because the episode Scum of the Earth, you know, was huge and oh, remained yeah. so. You know, we played this punk band, and it was so funny and. It's such a great week, you know, spent with those guys. And the show was just magnificent, produced and written by Hugh Wilson, a brilliant man. And the cast, shockingly good, Lonnie Anderson, you know, Howard Hesseman, etc. Incredible actors. And, and we did our bit and people dug it. And it's one of those shows that goes down, you know, in TV history, I guess. And the other fun one, Seinfeld, was really, really fun, you know, mm-hmm. um, working with those guys at that time because they were Beatles. Right, know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, when I, at the peak, the apex of their fame, cover Rolling Stone all in black leather. It was hilarious. And I worked with them that season, which was, you know, I mean, obviously it peaked for years, but that particular time was they all liked each other and it was like a band. Yeah. You know, you know, bands go through, you know, heaven and hell. Yeah. Um, and right then it was heaven and I had a ball. And, you know, um, Melrose Place with Heather Locklear and all of that playing her boss was, wasn't uh, chopped liver either. You know, that was really fun. <laughs> you know, she is a goddess and I love her so much and had such a great time with her. And it was, that was really fun. I mean, there's been so many wonderful experiences. Is there, is there one acting job that you've done that, that you're most proud of? Oh, that's a that's a really good question, Ryan, and I appreciate it. Yes, there's a movie I made, and don't laugh. It's called Diary of a Sex Addict, and it starred Rosanna Arquette and myself. Mm-hmm. And, yes, and and it was a it was it was a movie that was a, obviously a genre specific movie, and it was about addiction, of which I know a lot, and uh, both sexual and narcotics. Uh, this movie was about a guy who was married but couldn't resist the temptation of of, of sex and uh, it was a very intense look at that not an exploitive look at that but being owned by anything is not cool right you know yeah. you can giggle about being a sex addict but you, you know being owned and being obsessed with something is not funny it's horrible and that performance in that movie was I think I, achi- I achieved some good stuff you know but you never know, man. I mean, you do it, and they call action. You do it, and you disappear into a zone, and then you come out of it, you know. And sometimes it works, sometimes it it, it doesn't. But if you feel good about it, then it's a success. You cannot rely on anybody's approval or disapproval. Only you know how authentic you're being in any of the arts. Yeah. Now, a lot of times you play the the evil guy. <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely. And I do, you know, and that's just sort of um, casting, you know, I mean, I have, have high cheekbones and a piercing glare. What am I going to do? Play the dentist? You know, I mean, it's, you know, the, the, the nice uncle. Um, <laughs> come along, kids. I've got a fabulous new lawnmower. I want to show you, you know. You know, I'm, I've got a bazooka in one hand and a, you know, and a knife in the other. Right. <laughs> you know, and and it's more fun, isn't it? Because doing Murdoch, I became really, really into driving, the art of driving and stunt driving and and weapons, and I became very proficient at that. And I would work out because I'm a workout fanatic with the stunt dudes. And as I did on tour, you know, with the power station, I would run with the bodyguards every day. And I'd work out with those guys, and it was physical, physical stuff. I love it. And learning those weapons. Now, if I'm playing dad, 
then my speciality is probably cardigans, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Not as exciting. <laughs> exactly. Vacuuming and, and saying, yes, dear. But, um, you know, but so, yeah, villain's cool. Now, as getting into your music part here, Silverhead, Detective, uh, Checkered Past, Power Station, uh, you, you've been in so many different bands, and, and, and you've had so, such success with all of them. Well, I wouldn't, yes, the success of them was uh, singular in, in terms of, I felt it was a success. In terms of commercial success, they they weren't really that commercially successful. Um, I mean, we went gold and stuff, but it wasn't oh, yeah. like sting fame you know it was well, yeah but the power station of course was was huge that was millions but but the the other three were really essentially uh cult bands which i was really happy with because i've never been really comfortable in that in that corporate world and being told what's the single and and you can't you can't say oh i was about to say it but you can't <laughs> swear on right you know you can't do all of that you know, and I've never been particularly a fan of authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I work with Steve Jones, for God's sake, you know, um, <laughs> of the Pistols. But, you know, the Checker Pass was unbelievable band live. Capturing on record, difficult. Because the whole thing about that kind of rock and roll is it's so spontaneous and chaotic. And in the moment, it's hard to capture that. But having Steve Jones, the greatest guitar player in the world, in my humble opinion, from the Sex Pistols and Clam and Nigel from Blondie and Tony Sales from mm. Bowie's Tin Machine was pretty damn exciting. Oh, yeah. Um, and we did well, but we, you know, because of substance abuse and stuff, none of these bands lasted because we were all drug addicts. Uh, yeah. yeah. When I hit the power station, I was sober. So that lasted a little longer. Mm. So now, yeah, know, it's a sobering thought. I mean, I don't know what your listeners are used to, but you know, I mean, I always tell the truth about these things. Yeah, you know, no, I'm not going to give you any guff. You know, I'm not going to make this up. I'm telling you, I am. Yeah, but those, but but like you say, uh, Power Station had had more uh, commercial success, but the other groups you had, uh, they do have, like you say, a cult following that uh, even yeah. today is is still there. Oh yeah, bigger today than yesterday, you know, and because of the internet, what we discussed earlier, you know, things last, and there are more people interested in Silverhead now than they were then. Really, wow. we sell more albums of all of those bands now than we did then. Those <laughs> albums sell every year. In fact, there's a live one that was just put out uh, that that I didn't even know existed that is doing really well. And, um, you know, you can actually go to my website, michaeldebar.com, and see all of, all of this stuff. It's it's fascinating. Great. It's fascinating to see. Because of my show on Sirius now, you know, I'm on three hours a day on the radio. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, people rediscovering my work. It's it's so thrilling. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Now, now, Power Station, how did you get involved yeah. with that? Can you give us a rundown? It's an interesting story. Yeah, sure. Check it past. The the aforementioned group was supporting Duran in San Diego, California. And, you know, we did our show, and and, um, I noticed that Andy and John were, like, watching it. I didn't really think about that too much. You know, the the kids are going crazy, 20,000, you know, maybe 60, I don't know, tens of thousands of teenage girls. And... um, that was exciting in itself, obviously. <laughs> but I uh, cut to, I'm in Texas uh, in 85, 
And I'd written Obsession, you know, which was a huge hit for Animotion all mm-hmm. over the world. And I was hanging out with my buddy Don Johnson, who's making a movie down there. And the phone rings and in the hotel, this obscure town in Texas, and it's a, a New York pro- uh, promoter saying, would you like to come to New York to meet a band that needs a singer? And it's a tour booked for six months. I said, what band? He said, I can't tell you, but there's a lot of money and a lot of fun to be had. <laughs> <laughs> so money and fun sounds good. Send me a ticket. Next day, I was in New York. I go into an office. It's John Taylor from Duran and Tony Thompson, of course, from Sheik and Bowie's band, mm-hmm. the most brilliant drummer. God rest his soul. He's passed away. Great drummer. Amazing. And, um, and I went, oh, my God, you know, this power station. They already get it on was already like a huge hit, you know, right. for them. Um, that night, I go to London and on the Concord, and I meet with Andy Taylor from Duran. And I, go, I wait for him in a studio. I wait eight hours before he comes down. Uh, by which time I set up the get it on and I, the engineer and I got it sussed. So when he walked in in a, in a sort of a billow of marijuana smoke and two bodyguards, I, I sang and I got to the first chorus and he pushed the, the uh, intercom and said, come in, let's go shopping. And uh, I, I guess that was, I got it. I got back on the Concord. This is all true story. Got back on the Concord, went back to New York, to the Carlisle Hotel, started rehearsals the next day, Ten days later, we did a show called Live Aid. Yes, yeah. Boy. <laughs> so essentially, I learned 35 songs in 10 days. Wow. Now, what, That's what, right. what was Live Aid like? I mean, performing in front of all those people. I mean, in front of the world, really. Well, two billion people, yes. Biggest audience ever, before or since. And... Um, it's, it was uh, great, you know. It was it was so incredibly tense and so incredibly liberating all at the same time. It's hard to really describe because when when we arrived there, helicopter, and you go over all these, you know, there's 100,000 people at JFK Stadium in Philadelphia, and we landed backstage, and there's Bob Dylan and Madonna and Tina Turner and Mick Jagger and Keith Richards and so on and so on and so on. <laughs> and and there's me. Ten days ago, I was in my you know in uh, in Texas, uh, having fun, relaxing. And now I'm I've been mad with learning these songs and with these boys who are 22 who are literally superstars at mm-hmm. Duran. I oh, mean, yeah. huge at that point. And 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 here's everybody, you know, paying homage to Bob Dylan while he scurries away into his trailer, you know, and Tina Turner's writing the words of the song on the palm of her hand. I mean, it was chaos. It was superstar chaos. So I was very relaxed about the whole thing. I don't know what came over me, but it was so overwhelming that I thought, you know what? I am just going to enjoy this thing, man. If I forget the words live to, to a Chinese audience, <laughs> so what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's nothing I can do. You know, I'm prepared. I'm ready. I've, I've been disciplined. I've been living with this stuff. Let's go do it. And we did it, you know, and it was just magnificent. And, of course, it set us up for the tour, which was immediately sold out six months, five nights a week wow. in the United States. I mean, it, it was blissful. It was, a, you know, my son apparently kissed the screen when he saw me. He was three years old. Oh, you know, it's, it's just a magic, uh, a magic experience. Yeah.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, is it true that Queen asked you yes, to be? Yes, true. It's absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me just let, let me just finish it so, so everybody knows what we're talking about. <laughs> Queen it's asked you to true. take to take over for Freddie Mercury after no, he passed. No, 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 no. That is not true. It isn't. Okay. See, we read things on the internet, and we, I always wonder if those are true or not. Well, the transgender thing is absolutely true. Yes, I am turning into a woman. No. The, no, it's all bollocks. It's all nonsense. Queen. Queen? No. Never approached me at all. Absolute nonsense. You know, I'd have been proud and honored if they had. Are you mm-hmm. kidding? But, you know, uh, Freddie's uh, his shoes are unfillable. And I wouldn't even dream of doing that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been I've been quoted a million times saying, yes, oh, yes, but absolutely not. It's not true. Yeah. OK, well, that's good. I like to clear things up, you know, and let people know Me the too. truth. <laughs> Me too. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, your new album. Yeah. Hot and Sticky Live. That's right. What, what made Hot you decide to do that? Um I love to be hot and sticky, and I like rock and roll, and I, and I love on screen and beyond. Um, you know, I, I live for rock and roll. I, you know, from 15 years old to now, I love rock and roll music, and the hotter and the stickier, the better. I like muddy waters, blues-driven rock and roll, loud and obnoxious. I like people sweating and dancing in little clubs, three, 400 people going crazy. That's what I like. And so at this stage in my life, I, I can do what I like. <laughs> so I put a band together um, two or three years ago, and we did an album called Carnaby Street, which mm-hmm. was a really a homage to my youth and to why I became a musician. Was And I wanted to um, honor that and play that kind of music, you know, slide guitar and B3 Hammond organ and, you know, and just a rockin', rockin' album. And people liked it. Um, I record everything I do. We were at the Viper Room in Hollywood, the infamous Viper Room, and we did a show, and I listened back to it a week or so later. I thought, wow, that's good. And uh, I cut it up and put it out. I couldn't put it out. We played for two and a half hours or something. But I, I wow. you know, and, the, and, and, you know, but I took 45 minutes that I thought was fun. I'd never overdubbed a thing on it. it what you hear is exactly what, you, what was the audience heard that night. Nothing was changed. And um, there it is, you know, and and, uh, and and it's doing very, very, very well. It's done so well that I was just signed in a record deal in Europe. So I'm going to Rome to make a new album with a whole set of different uh, musicians from London and Prague, great rock and roll players. And I'm going to make another, you know, kick-ass rock and roll record. Wow, congratulations. Thank you very much. Great. Now, do you have a favorite cut off that uh, the new CD? Well, you know, I mean, the one that I that's gotten like interest uh, from radio and and others, uh, but mainly from fans, which really I care about, is um, uh, "Stopping the Name of Love." You know, because I did that uh, the the Great Supreme song yes, yeah. in 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 
in remembrance of when Vanilla Fudge, if you recall, did You Keep Me Hanging On. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that was such a powerful interpretation of a song that you would never expect to be made into a hard rock song. And, and I loved that. I, I loved it. And I wanted to do my own version of that concept of taking a song that everybody remembers uh, Lady Diana and Ross doing. And, um, and for me to do it that hardcore, I think is interesting. So that was fun. What? And the others are just out, album cuts, and of course I did get it on, and right. I don't need no doctor because I love Steve Marriott, and and, uh, and we did a medley of those, of the, right. which I think is good too. I like yeah. that. Oh yeah, yeah. When when you did when you sang uh, "Stop in the Name of Love," uh, of course I can't see it because it's 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 audio, but uh, I'm, I was just wondering if you were in a long dress with you know and putting your hand out with "Stop in the Name of Love," <laughs> like the no, Supremes. No, no, that, was, that was our drummer. <laughs> our drummer is Bruce Jenner. Bruce Jenner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's great, great drummer. He's, he's in transformation now, uh, obviously. So uh, my next man is called Michael DeBont and the Transgenders. So we're kind of excited about that because apparently uh, Kanye is very interested in producing us if I do a duet with Kim. Uh, it's in the contract, but we'll deal with that. No, no, no. I, you know, no, I was not in a dressing clothes. I was in jeans and no shirt and a, a yeah. couple of rings. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, when I hear stop in the name of love, that that's the image that comes to my mind. The Supremes, you know, the, the three of them, yeah. you know, standing there. Yeah, of course, of course. But you know what? It was interesting because what happened was um, it was picked up by this uh, veterans um, organization and um, they uh, took it on as their anthem in terms of war. Really? And violence. Yeah. And and that's sort of what I intended, because the, if you listen to the lyric, it, it's 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 please don't leave me and go off with that other person mm-hmm. and please just stop in the name of love and look at what you're doing. And, you know, I had a, a photograph made of me going past um, a graffiti wall with stop war on it. And, and this veterans group picked it up and it became, uh, they used it and are using it now as a, uh, as a symbol of, you know, stop, Right. Yes. Stop in the name of love, and it took on a different connotation. I mean, obviously, the Supremes were supreme and beautiful and and perfect, but I made it a little more vicious and a little more aggressive. Oh know? yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's totally different. Even in case somebody hasn't heard it, they should definitely go and, and you know have a listen to it and get get the new CD and uh, or download it. Which you know, I don't know, people want to buy. Well, it. you can get it at, at michaeldebar.com. dot com. You that's, can. That's okay. where you can get it. And uh, yeah, and it's CD baby, and it's all of that stuff. You know, because I do put out all of my uh, music myself. These albums I put out myself. Because nobody can tell me what to do, and after decades of being told what to do, it's a great liberation. Oh, sure. All you young musicians that are listening, do it yourself. DIY. You don't have to put out a single that is nonsense. Do what you want. Do it as you want. Just work hard, play live, write great songs, and have a good time. Yeah. That's it. End of story. And that's what I'm doing. This next record I have been offered a record deal, and it was just too generous, and um, the people too talented to say no to mm, yeah and it is so easy now for people I, I, sh- I shouldn't say easy because that sounds like you know it's very easy but it's you know it's a lot easier now than it used to be when you were restricted by it had to go through a record company and everything now that with the internet you can put things out by yourself 
You really can. The problem is, of course, is that when you get a corporate um, structure behind you, you are uh, their bitch, A, mm -hmm. and B, you're not guaranteed success. You're an, probably guaranteed debt mm -hmm. um, for the most part. Um, however, if you do hit it, you hit it big. Yeah. Um, it, the, the, the advantage in the new music business, because the music business is dead, music is very much alive because you've got these wonderful new artists, new bands, new singer-songwriters, female and female both, really doing some great, great, great music, great work, great art, um, and they're doing it on their own terms. You might not sell 25 million records like Bon Jovi, but you will um, be able to and play. And let's face it, that's all this is about. Right. You know, I mean, just because you're in Bel Air or you bought an island doesn't mean you're happy. Mm -hmm. You know, fulfillment is not money. Trust me. Obviously, you've got to pay your bills. We all got to pay our bills, you know, but bands can do that. You can make a living by playing live, you know, selling records. That's that's tough. It's hard to do that. But yeah. you can get your merch going. You can you can build up a name and you can make a living and you can have fun and fulfill yourself and put that money away and you know and save and and you know maybe you'll hit it big you know and if you do don't spend it on hookers and coke <laughs> that's good advice <laughs> that would be uh, that would be my solution <laughs> well, well, well michael i'd like to finish up with two final questions Certainly. It's going to take us away from your acting and, and your music and everything else. But when you just sit back and relax and you watch TV, what are your favorite shows now and of the past? And what are your favorite movies now and of the past? We'll go with television first. Mad Men is my favorite show. Ah, yes. um, I just think it's an incredible achievement. In fact, television today is doing work that is inconceivably spectacular mm -hmm. breaking bad yes. mad men there are so many wonderful shows nurse jackie edie fugger blows my mind i mean there's so many one true detective and mcconaughey and woody oh, yeah. unbelievable shows just exquisite and i've only tipped you know the iceberg but the mad men for me is really i mean this last show of the season finale blew my mind elizabeth moss Jessica Parade, the girl that plays Draper's wife, John Hatt, all of everybody in that movie. But mostly it's creator, you know, Matthew Weiner, who is a genius. And it's it's a beautifully run show, and I just love it to pieces. So that would be my television present. My television cast would probably, my favorite um, TV series, unquestionably starred the most incredible actor that I've ever seen, and that would be MacGyver. Mm, and yes. it would be... <laughs> <laughs> You're buying every second. So cute. Uh, Michael DeBoer as Murdoch. Yeah, yes. Unquestionably. No, no, no. I would say uh, Gandolfini um, in, the, in The Sopranos was probably my favorite uh, yeah. you know, TV series. That, that just, uh, you know, with my current boss, little Stephen Van Zandt, who is now runs Little Stevens Underground Garage. I'm the morning DJ every morning, at, um, you know, eight to eleven Eastern Standard Time, every morning, Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. um, Stevie played St Silvio, you know, and Gandolfini. In terms of movies, uh, I would say the most influential movie of my past is um, East of Eden. East of Eden, starring classic, James Eden, yes, Eli Kazan, which is a story about a young man trying to grasp his his um, 
his strange childhood and his place in the world. And I think that was very relevant to me since I had a very strange childhood and I had to find my place in the world. So it was a movie about identity, which is one of my templates for what I do to express myself lyrically and so on and so forth. So that was the one from the past. The current best movie I'm seeing is without question, The Great Budapest Hotel starring Ray Fiennes in Wes Anderson directed movie, which as a director, I think he's, absolutely unique and singular in his vision and Ray Fiennes gives a stunning performance Yeah. so that would be my answer to your question Brian Yeah. well Michael I cannot thank you enough for doing this and people should go out and get your new CD Hot and Sticky Live and uh, listen to you on Sirius XM and, and you know I mean just so much stuff you're doing and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us here at On Screen and Beyond Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you, man. You have a great show, and good luck with it, and thank you all for listening to my my strange and wonderful life, and uh, you can get hold of me on Twitter. Please follow me. I'll follow you, and go to my website, michaeldebar.com, and there's all sorts of goodies. And Brian, you have a beautiful day, and everybody out there, be good to one another. What a fun guy to talk with, Michael DeBar. I want to thank him so much for taking the time to talk to us here at On Screen and Beyond. And check out his new CD. It's Hot and Sticky Live. And uh, he's also so many things he was in. He, he's uh, in, in uh, MacGyver and WKRP and Power Station, the group, and just so many things. And, of course, he's been on all kinds of TV shows, guest starring. And uh, just so much fun to talk to. Appreciate it. And let's see here. We have got a lineup coming your way in the next couple of weeks here at On Screen and Beyond. Uh, music stars, movie stars, TV stars, all sorts of stuff. I hope you're going to be joining us for it because we have a great lineup. I've been digging deep and trying to get some people here for you. I appreciate your letters that we've been getting, your emails, and a lot of people making great suggestions. I'm working on those, too, and uh, we'll see what we can do about getting those on. If you have a suggestion, just send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. I'll see what I can do about getting that person on. And uh, if you're on Facebook, be sure to like us. If you're on iTunes... And you're getting this downloaded from there every week when, you know, you uh, just automatically get it sent to you. You, uh, you know, just have to subscribe at iTunes and uh, it doesn't cost anything and you'll automatically get it each week. If you get a chance, leave us a review. We appreciate that and uh, it'll help get us up in the rankings on iTunes. So uh, be sure to do that. And uh, I guess that's about it. Uh, like you say, next week we've got another great guest coming your way, so I hope you're going to be joining us. That's a wrap for this week. So until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zimrak. Take care. Uh-huh.